Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry. And once again today, we're on site at St. Joseph Rectory in Amherst, Ohio, with the Reverend Father Michael Denk. Welcome, Father. Thank you, and welcome to Amherst, Ohio. I love it. I love it. I'll tell you, this this rectory is as quiet as the uh, studio back in Canton, Ohio. We're continuing our discussion from the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church, and we're discussing the sacraments. We're going to continue our discussion on the sacrament of marriage. And question 262 of the UCAT asks... What is necessary for a Christian sacramental marriage? So when we look at the sacrament of marriage and and what truly makes a sacramental bond, you know, sometimes people question today, I think one of the biggest um, concerns today is the the whole notion of annulment. You know, if you think about divorce and annulment, but, you know, Catholics um, will will often sometimes get a divorce. They're fine with the divorce, but they can't get the, they don't want to get the annulment. And I think it's a misunderstanding of what, an annulment is and what marriage is. You know, so there are, there are some conditions that, that are necessary for marriage to be what God intends it to be. So for marriage to truly be a sacrament, for marriage to truly be something that reveals to us God's love, there are certain conditions that need to be there in order for that to happen. And sometimes people are just not there when they enter into it. So these are the, the conditions that are necessary. First is free consent. The second is the affirmation of a lifelong exclusive union. And the third is openness to children. So all three of these need to be there. And I I tell couples as I'm preparing them that if one of these three is not there, I can't marry them because this is what a marriage is. You know, that that these conditions need to be there for it to be a, a sacramental bond, a loving bond. Now, sometimes you discover later they weren't really there, or maybe one couple was with, withholding or, or whatever. But let me give you some examples. So first was free consent. You know, it has to be free. Both couples have to be freely entering into marriage. So that's why I always use the example, we, we can't do a shotgun wedding. So if somebody's holding a gun to your back and saying, I want you to marry my daughter and you did it, that wouldn't really be what God intends for marriage to be. It may have still happened. You might go through the motions. You might even you know, go into church and do that. But if that's the reality of it, that's not the sacrament. You know, it's, it's not what God intends for a loving marriage to be. And, and the, the, the same is true for freedom, that there has to be a certain freedom that a person gets to where they're able to give themselves away in marriage. And sometimes people... Some of us were just not that free. You know, we haven't matured to an, a, a point in life where we're really able to give ourselves away. You know, because the truth is we have to come to a, a certain maturity to be able to do that. Because I think until we do that, we can be pretty selfish. You know, we can be pretty, pretty selfish people and pretty consumed people. And when we're like that, we're not free. You know, we're not really free to give to give love freely, and then marriage becomes something more of a, a, a self a selfish act. I'm going to get married so that I can have somebody 
to take care of me. I'm going to get married so that I can, you know, it's about self-serving rather than a mutual loving thing. So the first is free. They have to freely consent to marriage. And um, if there's any force or coercion, it's not what God intends. He doesn't want people going into it unfreely. And uh, sometimes that happens. And when that does happen, that's when you would look into into an annulment just to say that, no, that's really not what God intended. The second is the affirmation of a lifelong and exclusive union. So if a couple says to me, um, you know, pretend they're getting married, getting ready for marriage, whatever, and they say, we're just going to do like a five-year contract, Father. We, we're we're going to get married. Just We're going to try it out for five years, see how that goes. <laughs> you know, I would have to say, I'm sorry, that's not what the sacrament is, you know, I, I would be unable to, to do that. And, um, you know, so the reality is they have to come into it really wanting it to be lifelong, desiring and knowing that that's the promise that they're making. And also that it's exclusive, that it's, it's, it's just the two of them, that they will be, um, body, mind and soul with each other and nobody else for the rest of their lives. So if a couple, again, were to come to say to me, you know, Father, we want to get married, but we're going to have an open marriage. You know, we're just going to kind of like do our own thing and, and invite whoever we want. And I would say, well, that's not really what God intends for the sacrament of marriage. You know, it might be what the what the world thinks is okay, but it's not, it's not the sacrament. So God intends that, first of all, the couple comes freely, that there, there's no force, that they're going to do this for life, that they're going to be bound together for life, and that also there's going to be this exclusiveness, you know, this total giving to each other that's uh, that's safe within each other. And the third is openness to children. And this is often a surprising one to people. You mentioned earlier, Tim, the beauty of marriage and, and of that act of love, the whole, the whole purpose of our sexes and the whole purpose of the sexual act is to bring about children. Um, now, the church says there's two purposes. One is for union, for, for, for a couple to experience intimacy, but that also the, the possibility of children is there. So the third part that's necessary for it to be a sacrament is that this openness to life. So again, if a couple comes to a priest and says, Father, we want to get married, but we're never going to have children, that w- I w- the priest would be unable to marry them because there at least has to be some openness to life because, again, that's God's image of marriage is that it's not just about two people, but it's about two people coming together in love and to bring bringing forth more life into this world. You know, so again, with the sacrament, it's supposed to reveal to us something about God. And God is always the giver of life. You know, he, he wants us to have life in abundance. And so if, if a couple is going to get married but not want to have children, it wouldn't reveal God to us, you know, because that openness to life is is what shows us uh what what God truly is. You know, not that couples can't maybe some couples can't have children, you know, and run into that that difficulty. But again, there's the openness that there needs to be an openness there. So, all three of those are are necessary for it to be a valid marriage and a sacramental bond. And if any one of those or more than one of those three are missing, it's not what God intended for marriage and we would not be a sacramental. What if they bond. say they want to wait 5 years until they have children? Well, I mean, couples can certainly have their ideas or plans, but again, it's, it's, it, it, there, there needs to be some openness. So, um, so the church's uh, you know, teaching is natural family planning. The, the couples are supposed to have some kind of um, 
mutual respect and, and dialogue and responsibility in terms of bringing children into this world. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, there should be an openness to the mystery of that and, and to, to the mystery of how God and when God may want to bring life into the world. Into God their, has into to their play world. a little part of it. Well, yeah, hopefully God plays a central part. And I think, uh, you know, the idea is that we don't close it down so much that it's God's really shut out of it. You know, and again, that wouldn't be what the sacrament is. Uh, and that goes back to the openness, you know, openness to life. Okay. Question 263 asks, why is marriage indissoluble? So the UCAT says, first, because the essence of love is mutual self-giving without reservation. So if... If it truly is that sacrament and that bond, there's a there's a love that is given between each other that there's 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 no reservation. They love each other with their whole heart, their whole mind, their whole soul, their whole body, everything they give to each other. And secondly, because it's an image of God's unconditional faithfulness to to us. So, why is marriage indissoluble? The the idea is that. God loves us so much. He's made a covenant with us, and he's never going to take that love away, no matter what we do. And the same is true with marriage. A husband and a a wife love each other so that no matter what happens, you know, even if there is infidelity, you know, just like we're unfaithful to God, they are going to love each other through good times and bad, and it's not dissolved. You know, there's nothing that other person can do that would ever stop or take away the love of their spouse that they will love each other no matter what through good times and bad. And third, because it, it does represent Christ's devotion to his church, even on his death on the cross. So he loved us even to the point of death, you know, so even to the point of us rejecting him and crucifying, he loved us. Even even then he wouldn't give up on us and he would love us to the, to the very point of death. And ultimately, um, that's how much marriage is supposed to reveal God's love for us, that this husband and wife are never going to give up on each other, that they're going to love each other through good times and in bad. That's a great point, Father. I mean, today we have roughly 50% of marriages ending in divorce, and people just don't have the the fortitude and the stick to Yeah, and I think I think a lot of that is what we talked about earlier, that the conditions that are necessary weren't there at the beginning. You know, So some people really don't want to have children when they get married, or some people really, it's not free. They're getting married maybe because they think they have to or they're afraid of being alone or they're, you know, a number of reasons. But I think that those three conditions that are, are necessary um, oftentimes aren't. And uh, and that's why marriage is dissolved. So it's so it's so important that we, anyone entering into the sacrament, really um, try to understand and assess that. Are you, are you truly free? Are you really desiring this lifelong union and exclusive union? And are you open to children and having, uh, bringing about more, more life into this world? Okay. Um, can a Catholic Christian marry a person from another religion? Yeah. So, um, we have now just, just so you know, as a Catholic priest, I only have permission to marry a baptized, two baptized Catholics at least one of them has to be a member of my parish. So that's all I have permission to do by the bishop. However, he does grant us special permissions as well. So we can marry people outside of my parish with his permission. I could marry a Catholic and a non-Catholic with his permission. I could marry a Catholic and um, somebody that's even non-baptized with his permission. So, yes, that is... um, uh, it is possible, but we do need to do it with with the permission of the bishop. And you probably would have to do some counseling. 
Yeah. And some of those, uh, especially, you know, I think, I think it's marriage is so difficult anyways. Um, one of the, the greatest difficulties of marriage, can you think of the top three difficulties of marriage? I'm going to pop quiz you real quick. Uh, money. Money. Religion. Religion. <laughs> and sex. And those, sex. Those, those are usually the top three difficulties in marriage. Money's just a big stressor. Sex and children are, 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 are big stressors. And, uh, and religion. You know, so even if a couple is of the same faith, that can be difficult because, Tim, you probably pray different than your wife does. You probably have different... Um, dispositions and backgrounds but especially if there's differences of faith that can create such a pain in marriages you know when when or even if if they're of the same faith and one one part is very involved in the faith and the other one is not could care less doesn't go to mass and mm-hmm. you know the, the the husband or the wife's got to take all the kids to church and they say why isn't dad going and you know it can create it can create such great difficulties so it is important that during the marriage preparation there's there's some time and energy focused on that to really um, taking a look at that and realizing um, the importance of of faith in a marriage Okay, great. Uh, We've been listening to Father Michael Dank as we go through the UCAT discussing the sacraments, and in particular today, the sacrament of marriage. Father, can we have a blessing, please? The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. And also with you. Remember that Faith with Father is a great teaching tool to use at your parish along with the UCAT. You can listen to any archive show. They go by number, and they cover the entire UCAT. So just go to livingbreadradio.com, go to the Programming tab, and click on Faith with Father. Until next time, this has been Tim Perry reminding you that God loves you more than you can even imagine. Bye for now. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.